today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Guys, it's obvious though that Gideon was not focused on the Lord. Gideon was focused on his current situation. And that situation, oh yes, it was terrible and it was frustrating. And that situation blocked Gideon from seeing and hearing the Lord. It blocked his view in his, in his ears. And don't you know that's exactly what Satan and the enemy wants to do to you and I. Satan wants to take your focus off of God's promises. In Judges 6, Israel is in dire straits because of their rebellion and toleration of wickedness in the land. The Midianites have driven the people into caves and caused terrible poverty. Pastor Eric reminds us that just as God did not abandon Israel when they cried out to him for help, Jesus will never forsake us of his great love. Let's join Pastor Eric in the book of Judges, chapter 6, verse 1, for today's study. Hey, I titled the message this week, He is with you. Right? Isn't isn't there a song like that? He is with you. He is with you. Yeah, right. Oh, us, us. Well, anyways, he's with you, he's with us, he is with us, and praise God. Because here we see in chapter 6 of Judges, Israel was in a bad state. Israel was in a bad state. Why were they in a bad state? Because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. And the results of this evil, God delivered them into the hands of the Midianites. And the Midianites, you guys, they drove the Israelites into the mountains, into the caves, That's a bad situation, unless you like to be a rock climber. But the Israelites were driven to dwell in the caves. And not only did the Midianites do that, but the Midianites did also what to the crops? They took them. They destroyed them. They took everything that Israel was doing, all the labors of their hands, and they destroyed their labor. And verse 6 of chapter 6 says what? So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. Greatly uh, impoverished, meaning that they were greatly poor because of these people, the Midianites. And so in the result of this, what did Israel do, you guys? They cried out to the Lord. They cried out to the Lord. And and the Midianites' attack, the, the children of Israel, was because of why? Because of Israel's disobedience to God. That's why this was happening. They, and the Lord said that to them. As we learned last week, we learned what? It is best to obey the voice of the Lord. It is best to obey the voice of the Lord. And obedience keeps the enemy from taking over. The Bible says this, Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now the word resist means anti. Israel was not anti-wickedness. Therefore, what happened? The wickedness then overcame them. Same thing to us today, right? If we are open to wickedness, evil, don't be surprised when wickedness comes in your life. Does that make sense? Sure it does. See, but God, the awesome God that he is, doesn't leave us hanging. He didn't leave Israel hanging. And just like he doesn't, leave, uh, he doesn't leave us, he didn't leave them, why does he not leave us? Because he loves us. 
He loves us and he loves Israel. And with Israel, you guys, God raised up a judge. And that judge would deliver Israel from the hand of the Midianites. And that judge's name is Gideon. And with man today, how has God not left us hanging? Today, God has given us his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to deliver us from the hand of Satan. We will see that Gideon himself did not see what God saw. Gideon didn't see what God saw in Gideon. <laughs> and I think many of us can relate to him. We can relate to Gideon. We can, we can relate because many of us don't see ourselves as the men or women that God sees. With us not seeing what God sees, we often miss what God is doing or trying to do. So again, uh, we will see that uh, a little bit more of who Gideon is before we get into his ministry. So let's begin in verse 11. It says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which is in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abazarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers uh, told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Wow. So here we see in verses 11 through 13 that the angel of the Lord came to Gideon. And the angel of the Lord sits underneath the tree. And the angel of the Lord here in our text is the physical manifestation of God. Looking at the Godhead, you guys, who is the physical being of God? It's Jesus, our Lord. So the Lord appears to Gideon. And Gideon is where? He's in the wine press. And what is he doing? He's threshing wheat, right? And threshing wheat is hard work. Uh, and it would be preferred, the preferred way of threshing wheat would be out on a mountain or on a hill. So when you're threshing the wheat, that the, the wind would come and blow the shaft away. But uh, Gideon was in a wine press because why was he in the wine press? Because he didn't want us to have the Midianites see what he was doing. Because if they saw what he was doing, what would they do to the wheat? They would take it. So he's in this room, and he's threshing wheat, and there's no wind to blow the shaft. I bet the dude was frustrated, right? This is hard work. The Bible doesn't say how he felt, but I would imagine that he would be frustrated. And then the Lord appears to him, and he says what to him? He says, uh, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And he's like threshing the, the wheat, sweating probably like, and you're hearing the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor? That's probably the last thing that you wanted to hear. How about a cold glass of water, you know? <laughs> You know, and, and, and so he's just, uh, I can only imagine the scene. He's, he, he says, uh, 
the Lord is with you. And I bet Gideon was thinking to himself and, 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 and might have would have said, yeah, right, you know? Yeah, right. In fact, what does he say? He says in verse 13, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Yeah, right. Yeah, right, the Lord's with us. Look where I'm at. Where's his miracles at? The Lord is with us? Yeah, okay. Guys, it's obvious, though, that Gideon was not focused on the Lord. Gideon was focused on his current situation. And that situation, oh yes, it was terrible and it was frustrating. And that situation blocked Gideon from seeing and hearing the Lord. It blocked his view in his, in his ears. And don't you know that's exactly what Satan and the enemy wants to do to you and I. Satan wants to take your focus off of God's promises. The enemy wants, to, uh, wants you to focus on the problems of your life. Satan wants to so quickly snatch the words of the Lord, doesn't he? He wants to take God's words away from you. Because Satan does not want you to listen and to have God's promises set in your heart so that they can start to grow. That's the last thing he wants. In Matthew 13, Jesus explains in the parable of the sower, uh, Jesus said this, it should be on the screen. Uh, it says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives the seed by the wayside. See, God gave the children of Israel a promise saying what? I will deliver you, but you need to obey my voice. But guess what Satan did? He swooped in and he took that seed that was planted by the prophet that God sent. He took that seed and he, he took it away from the people. Because the people, including Gideon, did not understand what God was saying. That they needed to obey. Because if you read up again, as we read last week, God says, I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians. And out of the hand of all who, uh, all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. <laughs> He's telling the Israelites, I did all these wonderful things, but you did not fear, uh, you, you did not obey my voice. So what is he in a sense saying to Israel? Go back to start obeying my voice. But Israel didn't understand and the enemy came in and took the seed because Gideon did not understand that the Lord was with him. But you know what? God did not give up. God did not give up with Gideon. He did not give up. And he does not give up on you and I. Praise God for that. Praise God that he does not give up when the enemy takes the seed. Guess what God does? He comes in with more seed. He comes in with more seeds. Gideon was blinded by a lie and the lie was that God is not with Israel and that God had forsaken Israel. He says it himself. If God was with us, if the Lord was with us, you know, why would we be here? Where's all of his miracles at? He said, but now the Lord has forsaken us. So Gideon was blinded by a lie and that lie was that God was not with Israel and that God had forsaken Israel. Is this true? No. 
God was with Israel. He sent a prophet to them to bring them back to God. He sent a prophet to them saying that you need to obey my voice. Come back to me. But the thing is, is that Gideon bought the lie. He bought the lie. He believed God was not with him and that God forsake Israel. He believed that. And believing Satan's lies will blind you from the truth. The Lord said to Gideon, the Lord is with you. Gideon's response is, uh, no, he's not. Gideon believed the lie. You might believe that God has left you. You might believe that God has forsaken you. Is that true? No. If you believe that, you're believing a lie. Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of age. Just because you're going through a difficult time does not mean that Jesus is not with you. Satan wants you to think that though, doesn't he? He wants, to think, he wants you to think that he's not there. And he's going to say to you, he's going to say, look around, Jack. Look around. You know, look at your situation. God has gone. You're by yourself, man. You're on your own. Jesus has left the building. Sorry for you. You're done for. And the thing is, is that we hear that right now and we can chuckle in our seats. But here's the thing. Many of us believe that. In our situations of trial, we believe that God is gone. We cry out, God, where are you? But he's there. Because this lie that says, hey, look around, look at your situation. God's not around. He's checked out. That's a bold-faced lie from the pit of hell. Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. And so many believe the lie. And since they believe the lie, they don't hear what the Lord thinks of them. They don't hear what God's doing. In Gideon's case, the Lord himself called him what? A mighty man of valor! Exclamation point. A mighty man of valor! Meaning what? A mighty man of courage. Gideon, you are a brave man. Gideon, you are a brave man. The Lord's telling that to Gideon. But because Gideon believed that God was not in the picture, he did not hear the Lord. Because what did he quickly jump to? The Lord is with you. Oh, no, he's not. He has forsaken us. He didn't hear that second part, you mighty man of valor. At least it doesn't say he did. And by his response, I can't think that he did hear it. Because that response is, I mean, that, that word from the Lord is pretty awesome. I mean, if you would hear that, you know, guys, <laughs> women too, hey, you're, you're a mighty you know, woman of valor, mighty man of valor. Wouldn't that be like, oh, that's awesome. God's telling me that? Right on. Thank you, Jesus, because I don't see what you see. <laughs> But instead, you guys, Gideon's ears were plugged with lies. So I think we need to have a hearing test. Who likes hearing tests? I think I've had, what? What? 
I remember taking a hearing test for, uh, for my DOT card. And they put you in a booth and you're like, beep. You're like, yeah, I hear that. You know, it's just all these different noises to check your hearing. So we're going to have a hearing test. Okay, first one, do you hear? Do you hear that you are the apples of God's eye? Do you hear that? Zechariah 2.8 says this. For thus says the Lord of hosts, he sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. The apple of my eye is a phrase that refers to something or someone that one cherishes above others. So did you hear that? Did you hear God sees you as the apple of his eye and that God cherishes you? God cherishes you. So church, say with me, God cherishes me. God cherishes me. Okay? Good. I think you guys passed that one. Okay, number two. Here's the next one. Do you hear that you are a child of God? Yes. Okay. But many has received him. To them he gave the right to become uh, children of God to those who believe in his name. Did you hear that? Yes. Okay. God's saying if you believe in his name, what then? You're a child of God. Okay. So if you believe in Jesus... Say then with me, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Amen. Okay? Here's the third one. Here's the third tone. Do you hear that your Lord will preserve you? Psalm 121 says this, the song of uh, excellence. I will lift up my eyes to the, the hills. From whence come my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He, will, he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor, by, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Did you hear that? Yes. God is your help. God will keep you. Would you say, God will preserve me? God will preserve me. That is an awesome psalm, isn't it? An awesome psalm that he's not going to slumber nor sleep <laughs> and that he will preserve you from all evil. That's a lot of evil. All. The Lord thinks highly of you. You are special to God. It's pretty awesome. So if you hear differently, it's a lie. It's a lie. Don't listen. Remember how the Lord views you. And that's a hard thing to do when you're going through a tough time, to remember how God views you. But in verse 14, we will see that the Lord is long-suffering. He says this in verse 14, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So here, the angel of the Lord, God in the presence of Gideon, just heard it into his face that God has forsaken him. He didn't strike him with lightning, did he? 
Boom, you're over. Wrong answer. No, he didn't do that. He says, he says, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. So the Lord is long-suffering. He, he, he suffers long with us. Even when we are not thinking on the right path and we say something goofy like the Lord has forsaken us, God is still long-suffering. Praise God for that. Because how many times, have, I know personally I've said, you know, where are you at? Yeah, right, the Lord's with me. Yeah, right. But God is long-suffering, and he continues with the, with the plan, because why? He sees Gideon in a different viewpoint. He continues with him. And so Gideon, though, is still battling with the effects of the lie of the enemy. In verse 15, he says this, So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. So here, uh, Gideon is saying what? I heard you say something, Lord, about me saving Israel. How is that going to happen? I mean, my clan is the weakest in all Manasseh. And not only is that the problem, I'm the weakest in my father's house. Weak. I'm the weakest. Gideon is still not listening to the Lord because remember what God said to him, right? He said that the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. He is still not listening. So it is with us, isn't it? So it is with us. When we often have a hard time, we often have a hard time listening to the truth of God. We have a hard time listening to the truth of God because what do we do when we hear the truth? We bring excuses. We bring excuses. I can't do this. I'm not able to do that. You've got the wrong person. Choose somebody else. I'm physically not able to do this. I'm mentally not able to carry this through. I'm, I'm, I'm not fit for this. I'm not, I can't do this. You've got it wrong. Let me tell you something, God doesn't make mistakes. If he approaches you, he has a plan for you. My question is, is why not? Why can't you do it? Why can't you do that for the Lord? You know, uh, or, uh, or why not? <laughs> why not? Because uh, it's just not the right time, you know? Boo. <laughs> That's a poor excuse. Because my Bible reads, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? The Bible also says, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put shame uh, the things which are mighty. What is God saying? Hey, if you're weak, that's who I want. If you're foolish, that's who I want. Because it's not about you. I will get the glory. <laughs> So God wants to use us. So if your excuse for not being used by the Lord is, I can't do it, uh, and it's not the right time, and I'm weak, sorry, you're going to have to come up with another excuse. Because I'm not buying it because of what God's word says. If God is for you, then who can be against you? Period. Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Grace to the Hearers with Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. 
Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Judges. Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of today's program, we'd like to make available to you a free copy of today's message. We can send you a copy of today's message on audio CD when you email us at info at grace to the That's info at grace to the Or you can listen to or download the message as originally recorded at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Just visit our website at www.gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place your order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. Again, we invite you to visit our website at gracetothehearers.com where we provide helpful information about our beliefs, service times, and a convenient map to our church if you're in the Coolidge, Arizona area and like to visit us. We would also like to encourage you to prayerfully consider donating to Grace to the Hearers. We are continuing to expand our outreach. A secure way to give is provided at gracetothehearers.com. Click on the Donate button. Grace to the Hearers is the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel, Coolidge. Please join us next time as we continue our study through the book of Judges. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers. 